0: chapter twenty of david Ransom's watch by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty a sign it was the year that david ransome's daughter was eighteen and on a lovely morning in may that she sought him for a confidential talk she had just put the white room as her father loved to call it into exquisite order with a stem of daffodils under mother's picture and a deep plate holding moss and wild flowers by the side of the bird's nest and had come to lay a few of the sweet-smelling blooms in her mother's lap as she said there is a piece of the day for you mother i'm going out to have a very important talk with father if i succeed in convincing him of his duty i shall tell you about it while i'm getting dinner remember mother i'm to get the dinner you are not to lift your finger toward it you are spoiling me said margaret Ransom, with a face that said she liked being spoiled you can stay out all the morning as well as not the spring air will be good for you and the dinner is nothing for me to get while for me it will be a great big thing that will exhaust all my energies that is the plain inference isn't it vain little mother nevertheless i shall get dinner what do you want to convince your father of it will be easy work i'm sure he would try very hard to believe that two and two made five instead of four if he thought you wanted him to the girl gave her mother a half amused half thoughtful look and shook her head it is the other way mother he fancies that two and two can be made somehow to measure five and i want to convince him that it is always four but i don't find him easy to manage on the contrary i think he is sought in his way as any man of them and they are all more or less sought it is only women like you and me who are always docile she flashed back an amused glance as she left the room at the quiet-faced mother with her purposeful mouth and determined chin that stood for as resolute a will as ever hid under a calm exterior and i take after my mother she told herself smiling as she ran down the path toward the south meadow david Ransom was plowing turning up the soft damp furrows with a steady practiced hand and enjoying meanwhile to the full the beauty of the fair spring morning the vision of white that presently appeared in the landscape fitted in with his thoughts and brightened the smile on his face the child was never long out of his mind and a sight of her was always able to call out a grateful smile it was a fancy of this peculiar father and mother that they liked to see their daughter always in white it kind of belongs to her somehow said david Ransom. i don't know how either with a puzzled look on his face every flower that blows belongs to her too she looks pretty dressed up in any of them but the groundwork so to speak seems to me ought to be white this fancy they had indulged both winter and summer while the girl was little despite the wondering disapproval of some of their neighbors who accused mrs ransom of slaving herself to death to keep that girl rigged up in white their opinion did not disturb the quiet mother it is no more trouble to wash and iron a white dress than it is a blue or pink one she said cheerfully i don't know as it is as much and she doesn't soil them a bit quicker either as the girl grew older and learned to launder her own neat dresses and then to choose and make them for herself she shared or else she humored the fancy of her father and mother for whiteness wool in winter cotton in summer not always but often indeed fine and rarely made in other than the simplest ways but nearly always white it was the plainest of white toweling that she wore that spring morning almost as easy to wash as a towel she had told her mother gleefully and needing no ironing yet with a knot of spring flowers at her throat and a great mass of them at her belt she looked ready for morning calls instead of kitchen duty are you very busy father too busy to talk to me for a few minutes well said david ransom resting an arm on the plow and taking in complacently this addition to his view that will depend on circumstances was you wanting to get some plowing done this morning ma'am the girl laughed genially not today it is weeding i think that i want done just now come and sit on this nice log in the sunshine daddy and rest for a few minutes while i talk to you mr ransom was an industrious man and the ploughing needed to get done but the sweetest sound on earth to him was his daughter's voice and she was a very considerate daughter it could not be an unimportant matter that brought her out to interrupt his work in the morning hour he guided his team to a sheltered resting-place and went obediently over to the log in the sunshine the girl nestled close to him and took one great toil-hardened hand in her two small ones patting it lovingly as she talked now daddy dear i'm going to be real serious and i want to talk a long time without your saying a word you are to listen sir to my arguments and not interrupt me in the middle of them do you understand this sounds pretty solemn said david Ransom with a serious voice and a twinkle in his eyes either i've done something so bad that she won't even let me put in an i'm sorry or else she has such a bad cause to present that she is afraid to have it argued as she goes along but wants me to wait until i've forgotten the weak places i wonder which it is the girl laughed again and kissed him lavishly he's a good daddy always and he knows it and my cause is good you listen to the end and you will see i mean it father dear i want to be real serious i want you to know how beautiful i think it is in you and mother to have been all this long while planning great things for me there never was another such father and mother as mine and no girl could be happier in thinking it all over than i am and now i want you both to do something else for me i haven't said a word to mother yet because i know i can coax her over to our side when she finds that you are there father i want you to let me give up college and get to work helping to earn our living no daddy dear you are not to interrupt remember i do truly want this and i want it very much because it is right i have just as good an education this minute as a great many people live happily with all their lives and i know i can yesterday i discovered that the williams district school is to be vacant next fall miss elmer has given notice that she can't take it for another year she is going to be married now daddy you are to reflect that the williams district schoolhouse is hardly two miles from our home i feel almost sure don't you that i could have the school for the asking in nice weather i should like nothing better than to walk to it night and morning and in weather that wasn't nice you know you would like to take me you see i have it all planned and everything is going to be lovely no no daddy i'm not nearly through i've left the best argument for the last you must know dear that i can't be happy and have it any other way you hear daddy your little girl can't be happy unless you let her do as she wants to this time she loves you oh very very much for wanting her to go to college but she has made up her mind that she doesn't want to go and she does want to help earn money, and take care of mother, and do all sorts of nice things for father, and not be separated from them for three or four great long years. She is sure that she can't do that. Now you will be a good dear father, won't you, just as you have always been, and listen to your little girl? And I won't grow into an ignorant woman, either. I will promise you that." we can buy ever so many more books with the money that we shall save from college expenses and i will study every day and at the end of four years i shall know almost as much as though i had spent them away off by myself hundreds of miles from you it is a lovely plan father and all arranged say you like it quick dear or i shall think you are tired of your little girl and want her to go away from you he did not take it as she had thought he would. Although he had made one or two efforts to interrupt her, now that he had opportunity he did not seem in a hurry to speak. Instead, he was so silent, and so long silent, that she would have been afraid he was sorely hurt, but for the quiet look on his face and the tender caress of the hand that rested on her shoulder. At last he spoke little daughter it is father's turn now and i'm going to tell you a story there was once a little bit of a boy who wanted to go to school and learn a great deal he wanted to learn to be a minister when he was a wee speck of a fellow he used to pray about it and ask god to help him grow into a minister he got so that he loved to pray for he knew after a while that god heard him and talked to him and helped him in a great many ways but about that one thing he said to him no little boy your duty doesn't lie along that road you must quit school even now and help your father he made it real plain so that there wasn't any question about that being the right thing to do the boy thought that maybe the time would come when he could quit work and go back to school but it never did it was just as plain that his duty was to work as it is that most children of his age must go to school he was always glad that the way was made so plain he had a little brother the smartest little fellow that ever was a good many years younger than he was and he began to think after a while that maybe the little brother was to be the minister and he was to help get him ready but the little brother never had any such notion he didn't care for such things not even to pray at this point david ransom drew a long sigh and was still for several seconds then he began again by that time the boy was a grown man too old to get learning even if there had been chances and there wasn't any chances but by and by he took up a brand new idea he had a friend a beautiful young woman who had wanted all her life to get more schooling than she had though she had a good deal but she wanted to be a missionary and her way had been hedged up a good deal as his was by and by these two people got married and it was along of that that their new idea came they agreed that if providence ever gave them a little boy he should have an education if they could any ways manage it and if he wanted to be a minister he should have a chance to get ready for that and they prayed about it a great deal and was happy in it but providence never gave them any little boy all the time they both said that if providence should give them a little girl she would have her chance too same as the boy she might want to be a missionary you know like her mother and whether she did or not she should have her schooling but providence didn't give them any little girl not in years and years and then one day he sent them the dearest little baby girl with big brown eyes and the sweetest smile they ever saw in their lives and now my girlie knows that i'm talking about her and her mother and me doesn't she there were tears in the girl's eyes but her face was bright as she looked up and nodded and kissed and caressed the brown hand that was still in her white ones that is a day that i can never forget said david Ransom with a kind of sweet solemnity the day you took hold of my big thumb with your might of a hand and held on is something to remember forever. we began right away mother and me did to pray about your chances we wanted you to have the ones we had lost and your own too and we told Heavenly Father that if He would prosper us in our work, we would take it as a sign that He meant you to have your chance, and He took us at our word and begun right away. It is a curious thing how the path opened for us. It wasn't plain very far ahead, ever. We had to carry a lantern, so to speak, all the while, to see just where to step next, but we saw the step every time." the first year you were old enough to need it there came along the first real good school we had in this neighborhood since mother used to teach it and the year you had a chance to take music was the very first year we could have give it to you and it's been like that all along now i've got round to this college business and that has been as queer as any of the rest when we see that you took to schooling with all your might and was just as eager for chances as we were to give them, why, it made our part real plain. We got to feeling sure that the college would come along in its place. Your mother said the lantern wasn't big enough to shine ahead of us to see it before it was needed, but that needn't make any matter. I had told her my notion about a lantern, you see, and she kind of took to it, still there was days when i'll own that i seemed to lose my courage and feel kind of low and disappointed i never did have quite so restful a faith about things as your mother's got i'm something like a child i guess that needs a good deal of petting and coaxing up one night i set it out plain to heavenly father says i i believe in the college father at least i think you mean it that way but i'm a weak creature needing crutches a good deal of the time. If you would just give me a little sign, seems as though it would help. I know the Pharisees was forever bothering you, asking for signs, and I wouldn't be like them for the world. If it ain't right, I'll get along without it. But if I could sell the brindle cow tomorrow for the price that I think she ought to bring, it seems to me that I could take it for a sign and feel better." Maybe that kind of praying sounds irreverent to you, daughter. It did to me afterwards. I got to thinking about it and felt real ashamed that I was such a weak disciple that I couldn't trust him without having signs. But still, I knew I didn't mean it for irreverence, though it was what might be called an unreasonable prayer. For I knew that I couldn't go to town the next day or even try to sell the brindle cow and i don't know a soul that wanted a cow anyway now if i could tell you just how i felt that morning when it happened maybe you would understand better but i ain't good at explaining things as he spoke the old man withdrew his arm from the girl's shoulder and sat erect and grave yet with a strange glad light on his face and a ring in his tones that thrilled to the listener's soul that very morning before ten o'clock a man that i had never heard of in my life came out here and bought the brindle cow and paid exactly nine dollars more for her than i had planned she ought to bring i was that astonished that at first i couldn't say a word but after a minute i told him that he was offering nine dollars more than i had meant to ask and maybe i oughtn't to take it and he laughed and said it was rather a queer way to do business on both sides perhaps but he had been paying that price for cows not so good as mine and he guessed we would let it stand and he counted out the money daughter mother and i went on our knees together that morning and thanked heavenly father for being patient with a faithless weak disciple like me and giving me the very sign i had asked for and i promised him then and there that I would never go back on it again, but would do my level best, and then just wait for him to light up the road that you was to travel on to college. And from that day to this, I haven't had a doubting minute about it. And mother never had. Do you think, my girl, that father will give it all up now? The girl's face was sweet to see. It was very bright, although there were tears on her cheeks she kissed him once reverently on his forehead and spoke softly no daddy you are to have it your way mrs Ransom looked out into the kitchen as the dishes began to clatter is that you daughter i can do that work as well as not if you will let me did you manage father too the girl came into the living room with that light on her face which was sweet to see and kissed her mother no she said i didn't manage him mother i am to go to college mrs ransome smiled quietly of course you are child she said your father and i knew that a long time ago End of chapter twenty